All right, this is an episode on keeping it real. Here we go. Ready, set. Welcome to Redeemer Fellowship. No, stop it. Try it again. Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, elder candidate at Redeemer Fellowship. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, man, it feels good. Feels good. Sitting down. Mm-hmm. Recording. Recording. Smoking. Smoking. I'm drinking a golfer aid. Yeah. Why? Because uh, it tastes good. It's grapefruity, and it's got, like, vitamin it's got like vitamin B. Is it vitamin B? Is that a thing? I I, I don't know. Or is it B pollen? It's got something in it that gives you energy. It's got yeah, full sugar. B complex, magnesium, turmeric, turmeric mm. bilberry, COG10, 5-HTP. It's got like oh, a yeah. website in it? I don't know what that is. 5-HTP. <laughs> I don't know. No, man, there's no sugar in this thing. It's like, oh, it's like 45 calories, and mm. there's nine grams of sugar. Yeah, that's pretty mm-hmm. good. That's better... Uh, so I like this thing. It, uh, it keeps me going. Yep. No, nope. that sounds good. That sounds. I good. gotta stay off the diet coke. Yeah. Oh, do you? Yeah. So you're going to golf raid? Yeah. All right. It's better for me. Okay, it's better for you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, what are we talking about today? We're gonna talk about keeping it real. Yeah. Keeping it real. Now, what what's what sparked this? I mean, we, there's a lot of things that kind of float around in our heads on this topic, but what sparked it for you? Because you you said, hey, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this um, because. You know, recently uh, over in Charlottesville, there was the the protest and the counter protest, the violence, the the uh, alt right, white supremacists, white, white nationalists, everything. And so, uh, for me, what sparked it was Trump's initial comments about it, where and, he condemned violence. You didn't like that he condemned violence. Well, it's not that it's that he he kept saying violence on both sides. Right. Okay. What he didn't do was condemn the alt right. Well, but. He, but he did. No, he did not. Yeah, he, by, condemn, he did not. by condemning violence on both sides, he had the Antifa weirdos, mm-hmm. and you had the white supremacist weirdos, mm-hmm. and he condemned both. What I'm trying both, to get that's at, what I said. Joe, he, and I, I'm not going to argue with you on this I'm point, just saying, like, this is what he not did. the point that we're trying to make. The point that we're trying to make is when someone in leadership tries to walk a line to please both sides. Right. That's what he was trying to do. So there was no integrity in what he was saying. Yeah. It was all about how can I position myself to look to get out of the squeaky clean because that's his. I shouldn't say that's his base. He's got. A, he seems to have support from a certain group of individuals. The alt right. The alt right. No, they don't. <laughs> what you told no, me? Right, no, I meant Antifa. Dang it! I yeah. messed it up. Yeah. Um, but so he didn't want to upset them. Right. Okay. That's what you're thinking. That. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Right. That's what I'm thinking. So I think as a leader, instead of uh, being honest, being direct, uh, he tried to be vague and general. Yeah. Yeah, I think at the at, at the very least, it would have been wise for him to say uh, right away, um, I think the alt-right thing is confusing, but I think he should be very specific and say that racism, uh, white supremacy – these white nationalists, these people that want to, you know, push out minorities, this is wrong, yeah. wicked, and evil. And I think it would have been good for him to also say, and uh, you Antifa uh, weirdos as mm-hmm. well, you need to stop 
what you're doing. Um, but the real issue, the big issue, was uh, for me. Yeah, the white, and I think it, I think I I, I even I'm going to say uh, the biggest issue overall, not just for us, is the fact that um, we have these white supremacists who you know really came gunning for it. I mean, oh, sorry, <laughs> I meant the real issue for me is just not being clear and direct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so let's just say, by the way, those white supremacists, like they promoted this for for a long time, for yep. like a month, and they yeah. still only had like a hundred people show up. They're just like such a such a v- and tiki torches, yeah. tiki torches. Yeah, well, why not? Uh, you know. <laughs> hey, hey, Bob, did you bring your tiki torch? Oh, I heard last night. Yes, sir. On TV mm-hmm. that we're in a bad state when a lawn ornament company is quicker to denounce uh, uh, white supremacy than the president. Oh, see? See? Bob, that's the point I was just making. I was just making how Trump couldn't be direct, clear, and honest. Well, he, he was yesterday. Yeah, okay. After <laughs> after he was already getting in trouble for it. Yeah. Well, well you, you, it's uh, better late than never? Better that, late than never, I guess. Isn't Anyways. So, yes. Right. But the, the, for me, leadership needs to be clear. It needs to be direct. Right. Don't equivocate. Get Don't right equivocate. to it. Be honest about who you are, yep. what you believe, what's going on. And we, we see this kind of... In the church. Yeah, we, we see this kind of like not telling the truth, not keeping it real mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the church, among leaders, among not pastors. Not keeping it 100. <laughs> right, right. So um, now where do we see this happening? Um, we see it in, we see it, you know, politically, yeah. we see it theologically. Yeah. But what, what, are, what are some examples that, that come to mind when you think about mm. uh, church leaders and pastors not keeping it real? Um, well, I guess one example would be, I think uh, uh, Dr. Patrick mentioned this. Remember in his article? R- is he Patrick. a doctor? Actually, I don't know. Pastor? No, he ain't he's a the right reverend, isn't he? Right reverend? I I don't know. I don't think he's a doctor. Oh, then I must be wrong. Either is he way, a doctor? I, pastor? Pastor? If Rick. he is a doctorate, it's a demon. Ain't no PhD. All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> no. So our traditionalist friends. Yes, our traditionalist friend. But he he wrote an article about that about uh, how reformed uh, reformed leaning candidates, Southern Baptist, Southern Baptist, pastoral candidates, almost in a way were uh, not really being clear on their doctrinal views, their theological views. Right. It's <laughs> Joe doesn't have the, uh, mic the mic stand, so he has to put the mic down. He's got to hold it the whole time. He's got to put the mic down um, so he can light his cigar, or at least cut it and, and light it. So, so uh, uh, Pastor Rick had mentioned about that, and I think he's I, – I agree with him. I agree with him that, you know, uh, not being forthcoming about – where you stand doctrinally is problematic, right? And you know we see this in a in, in a few in a few different ways, right? So there there are the and I I don't think it's super common, but yeah, we have guys that hold theological issues mm-hmm. that could prove to be uh, problematic for a congregation, yep. and they're not honest about their views, right? So if a guy is a candidate in a church and he says, "Well, I believe in theistic evolution," if he doesn't say, but he believes in theistic evolution. He doesn't believe Adam and Eve are historical people. Yeah. Um, well, that he needs that needs to be clear that because be that's going to be a pretty big deal for most evangelical churches, yes. certainly in your Southern Baptist churches. And when it comes to your view of the sovereignty of God and the atonement, yeah. uh, election, things like that, uh, they they really do need to know where we stand. This is why confessionalism is so helpful. Yeah. Because you can say, like, well, I subscribe to this confession. Yep. This is what I believe. Yep. And maybe yeah. there's an exception here or there, but this is what I believe. And so we we think it's important for people to be honest about where they're coming from theologically. Yes. 
And it, so just on the front end, like, right. you know, it's, you know, when we're not clear about it because looking for that job, right? We want to get into that position. Um, and, you know, whether I think some people some would say, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm trying to nuance because they misunderstand what it is. Well, then educate be, them, yeah, then uh, educate them. Educate. Be very clear at the beginning. Yeah. Be very clear in the candidate process. You know the opportunities that you're given. Here is what I believe. Here is how it is played out. Here is how it's misunderstood. Right. If you listen, uh, if they ask you point blank, and they're starting to do that, are you a Calvinist? Don't you don't have to say, well, no, I don't call myself a Calvinist, and then jump to the next thing. Yeah. You can say like, well, that 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 title is problematic for a lot of reasons. Um, you know, some people associate it with Presbyterianism appropriately. Yep. Um, and other people have a caricature or a misunderstanding of what the doctrines of grace actually yeah. mean and teach. So let me tell you what I believe. Yeah. I do believe that man is totally depraved. Yep. And here's what that means. And here's what it doesn't mean. And if you think that it's not uh, compatible with evangelism and missions, uh, let me explain to you why that's not true. And while the history of the modern missions movement was really fueled by robust mm-hmm. Calvinism. Um, so better to be honest and transparent honest and not get that end. job than to get in there and then you know bring strife to a church that may not hold to that view yeah i mean you could you could end up you know in some ways destroying a church that way yeah and let, let's just say listen i okay so i'm a calvinist you're a calvinist yep. we believe that that's well I don't, I don't i don't like that word right, i don't, right, I don't right. call myself a calvinist <laughs> you liar um <laughs> uh, so we have um what was i gonna say i was gonna say uh, we have people. Out. Oh, sorry. Yeah, my my bad with my joke, Joe. Mm. My bad with my joke. We call ourselves Calvinists. Oh, it's gone. Ah, it's gone. Sorry, brother. Right. Sorry. It'll come back. It'll come no, back. It'll, it'll come, come back. back. All right. So uh, theologically, yep. we want people to be honest, and um, but also that this this, this uh, fear of of stepping into issues and making a statement um, is is sometimes couched in terms of well, you know, I, I don't want to take a position on politics. Uh, because you know the church is diverse, it's varied, mm-hmm. and we're not about politics. Yeah, and I I don't really preach on politics. I, I don't I don't preach no. on politics, no. but I do preach the word, and the word of God does address a lot of issues that fall within the political realm. Correct. And so to to not take a stand on what the Bible says regarding things like homosexuality, mm-hmm. um, abortion, uh, transgenderism, yeah. uh, things like that. Uh, there are implications in Scripture that address these issues. In fact, we're going to do a series in the fall addressing a lot of these issues that we generally aren't as comfortable talking about publicly yeah. because of either fear of being ridiculed or misunderstood or because it's just hard and uncomfortable. And we're, So we're actually going to go through those things and talk about them in, in a ways that I hope will prove to be very, very direct but also very, very helpful. Awesome. We want to dispel some of the some of the problems. Like, why don't why don't more churches... Uh, address the issue, conservative churches, evangelical churches, why don't they address the issue of homosexuality, do you think? Well, I think their their fear is there might be that people um, within the congregation have friends or family that are homosexual and they're going to offend them. Sure. They don't want to alienate people, maybe burn bridges, burn lose. Bridges. They don't want to look, they don't want to look like, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word, Intolerant, intolerant. Yeah, that's the word. They don't want to. They don't want to be perceived as intolerant because our culture is very tolerant, except Um, for the, except for people that have a view that. Except for people that have a view that. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, they're tolerant of everything except you know, uh, except us. So, so yeah, I think people are afraid of offending members of their congregation. 
because it can be an emotional conversation, right? Like it's, it's yeah. an emotionally fueled conversation. I think another reason why we don't like to talk about it is because we're proud and we don't want to look primitive, backwards, stupid. We don't want to be lumped in mm. with uh, the God hates gays group, you know, like uh, Westboro Baptist. We don't want to be lumped in with the lunatics and the weirdos. Yeah. And so there's this pride aspect, like I don't want to look bad, so I'm just not going to talk about that. Um, and and that, that's not good either. Again, this is why it's important that we clarify, that we, that we learn how to speak about these issues well, that um, – if, if you're afraid, like, I don't want to talk about it because I don't know how to talk about it in a yeah. good way. Well, okay, then work on it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> figure it out. You, you, you've got to address these issues. Um, again, not so that you're pushing particular candidates or a particular party, but so that people can learn to think biblically yeah. about these issues. So, you know, there's the there's the homosexuality issue. Um, there is. And again, like, do how do we talk about homosexual behavior uh, and homosexuality as an orientation, uh, those are actually two different things. How do we talk about both of those things? Yeah, I yeah. think people, um, uh, people don't know, historically, the church has usually been pretty slow at learning how to interact with and talk to people that are committing these sins that the church seems to be pretty unfamiliar with. Correct. At least in a public sense. And so like, there was a time when you know, uh, young ladies would become pregnant before they were married, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, the church would just, not the church, sometimes the church, but the family would send that daughter away to live at their cousins yeah. in a different state, have the baby, give the baby up for adoption, and then they come back uh, because they just didn't, like, how do we deal with this? They didn't know. And the, you know, divorce, like, how do we deal with divorce? You just didn't want to deal with it. Well, the church has gotten, I think, a lot better at dealing with uh, those issues and, and how to pastor people through them and speak to them. Um, but we're just starting to learn uh, broadly. We're just starting to learn how to talk about same-sex attraction yeah. and homosexuality. Uh, abortion uh, is, is, is another one. It's, it's sort of like most, most Protestants that I know uh, that are Orthodox, the, the Christians that I know that are evangelical, would say that they are against abortion. They yeah. would say that, there's, that they are pro-life. But outside of that, there's not a lot of talk about the issue. Now, there are some churches that are really good at it. They dial right in. Mm -hmm. But broadly, we seem to be, I think we seem to be pretty quiet about it. Yeah, I mean, I think we're, we're quiet about it. Um, I think part of it is is because there's, we don't know how to talk about it, especially because there might be people within the congregation. You could, you could pretty much guarantee there are people in your congregation. That and so abortions. how do you, you know, how do you shepherd these people at the same time, right? Like how do you, and I think that's the thing that we, we haven't thought through is how do you care for those that uh, that made a mistake? How do you care for these people that made a hard decision? I would say a, a wrong decision. Um, without like, I don't know, because I, I didn't want to go into this, but might as well. Uh, you know, there are movements out there, Christian movements, that uh, don't handle this well. They don't handle it well. They pick it. They, they have these signs of aborted fetuses. It's at, to me, it's deplorable, right, how they are handling it. Uh, there's no, at least in my mind, I think there's, uh, I understand that they want to start, they're fighting, they're, they're, they're fighting for justice. I get it. They're fighting for life. Uh, but how do you go about it in, in a right. loving and caring way? And I know I, I don't, I, Joe and I haven't really talked about this, so I don't know where no. Joe stands. Uh, I know he's, he's, he's pro-life. I know he's against abortion and all. Um, 
but as far as that movement and things like that. But you're not saying, or are you saying that uh, it's there's there's never a, a, an appropriate time to to pit to picket to protest to hold up signs? No, that's not what I'm saying. Okay. Well, that's not what I'm saying. Um, what I am saying is this is where I think sometimes people are uh, why they're unclear on their views is because uh, you can't get it. You're, you're never going to get it right. You're never going to get 100 percent right and please 100 percent of people. And so someone's going to get mad. It's whether someone in your congregation is going to get mad or some person's going to come pick at your church because right. you're not doing it the way they want you to do it. Right. So there's there's there's, so gonna, there's a fear of repercussion. Right. Fallout. Fallout. Yeah, you don't it. you don't you don't want to deal with with problems with issues. Yeah. But listen, the the church historically has problems when we begin to articulate the truth of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the church sometimes historically has gotten in trouble for its doctrines that they explicitly teach, and sometimes they get in trouble because of their life of godliness that puts them at odds with the culture of the day. Correct. And so we're, we're going to get pushback, we're going to get slammed, and you have to be willing to take that. Sometimes you're going to get it uh, from in-house groups yeah. uh, that are connected to the church, and, and sometimes, hopefully, uh, much more often, you're going to get it from the world. When I can understand getting it from the world, though. That's the thing. I can, get, I can understand that. That I get. Well, I think, you know, the group that you're talking about, um, they they are a, a pretty diverse group of people. They don't really have a one organized uh, head. Like, they don't have a leader that's kind of saying, here's how we do things. And so in that group that is anti-abortion, that there are really smart people in there that are good, and there are people in there that are, are pretty wacky. And it's those wacky ones that tend to get a lot of press. Fair enough. And I think that... When you're when you're looking at the way people handle uh, these controversial issues, um, you you want to start to discern okay, uh, not just their motives because like that's not enough. You can have good motives and do it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. You can you can have the right motives and wind up pushing people in the opposite direction. When if you had a different strategy, you might have been able to accomplish more good. I agree, and I'm okay with people that want to stand outside like in this you know abortion clinics and they want to to love and to try to care for people. I'm fine with that. I, I applaud that. Um, so what I don't want people, all of a sudden people writing in and saying, oh, you think that Jeff Durbin is wrong and, and all these things. Right, that's um, what I was thinking. Because I, I know that you're not against. No, I'm not against that. What, what like Durbin is doing. No, I'm yeah, not yeah. against that. I know that what, what Jeff is doing what, uh, is he's trying to proclaim the love of Christ. He's trying to, to love on these, these, these women. Mm-hmm. Um, and to, sh- you know, show them that there's another way. There's other options. Praise God for that. Yeah. I so, love that. But there's, there are bad ways to go about this as well. There are bad ways right. to go about it. And, and we, I'm, I'm focusing on the bad ways. I'm not, like I said, I think what, what Jeff and those guys are doing is beautiful and wonderful. Uh, it's a great ministry. So there's an example of a guy, though, who is taking a stand. He, 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 he seeks to be articulate. Correct. He seeks to address the issues. Very clear. He's, and we need he's, more he's of that. Right? We need We need more, more preachers. Uh, myself included, right? We, we need to do a better job at addressing issues that uh, we tend to think are sort of a given. Mm-hmm. Well, we all agree abortion is bad. Um, okay, what, but why is it wrong? How wrong is it? Yes. What is really happening? Um, what does the scripture call us to do? Yes, uh, and what's the best way to go about that? Right, so we've got to figure out um, how to be honest, how to be real about these things and not just uh, kind of 
What do you like to call it? You don't want a sugar foot. I don't want a sugar foot. I don't want a sugar foot around. <laughs> it's not a thing, by the way. <laughs> yes, it is. It's, it's become a, a thing. It's, I know it's becoming. It's a become thing. a thing. So, um, so you've got like these these issues of of you know abortion or homosexuality, but also the issue of race and racism. Correct. Yeah, man. Like, but it's just not really acknowledged in a in like your average white church. It seems to you know it's not really it's not really a thing. Race is like uh, it's not. You know, they, we treat it as if, well, we're not racists. Uh, we don't. We and don't. I'm sure, my people are not racist. Yeah, of course not. Why would any of them be racist? Yeah. Let, let me tell you. Uh, you should. You you could bet some good money, <laughs> if you were of the gambling sort. You could bet some good money that if you have a church of any size, right? If you have more than five people, uh, there's probably people in there that have racist tendencies. There are probably there's probably some. They might not know it. Yeah, and sometimes we don't. Sometimes yeah. people just, they, they don't really know how to think about it. They just, you know, they had, uh, you know, they, they, they've had some experiences in the past and they've begun to lump people into groups and treat people as if they're all the same. And uh, maybe they've gotten some bad information or maybe they just have bad theology, uh, you know, at the heart of it all. Um, so we need to address the issue of race and racism, not because we're a social group, but because scripture, like some sort of social movement, but because scripture actually addresses these issues. And these are the sin problems mm-hmm. that are in our culture. You got to address the sin problems, but you don't just address the sin problems. You address the sin problem with the truth of scripture, um, not just with a better morality, but with the character of God, the work of God and the gospel itself. Absolutely. So absolutely. Th- Keeping it real doesn't mean that you're an angry, um, hyper-political person who's on Facebook uh, offending everybody. Keeping it real means that you tell the truth, the hard truth, the uncomfortable truth. And sometimes that means that you're going to have to take a hit on the chin, Yeah. right? Yeah, you're going to get pushback for it. You're going to get people that don't – you're going to get friends and family and members of the congregation that do not agree with you. And maybe that means some people leave. Maybe that means you lose some friends. Maybe that means you're no longer invited to participate in a particular group. Um, But better to be faithful to God and to be honest and to be real and to be kind, as as kind as possible in the midst of all of this, right? Absolutely. I think that's a – that's a really good point that um, I usually make. Be, I usually make there needs points. to be <laughs> you need to have a loving heart in it. If your if your heart is just to bash others, you know what I mean? To like have your thumb on them to be um, to be the winner of an argument, then I'm sorry. You, right. You, you've lost any place in my mind to speak into my life. Yeah. You want to again, sometimes we have to say really hard things and and it, Things like tone, um, volume, that, that can vary depending on the situation, yeah. the circumstance, the person that you're talking to. Um, sometimes uh, when, when you're talking to somebody who's really aggressive and really in your face, you've got to meet them with that. Um, but other times, and I think most of the time, uh, it's, it's, it's a soft word. Yeah. And by soft, I don't mean you're not clear. I don't mean that you're not direct. I just mean that you're not filled with anger and you're not yelling at them. Mm-hmm. That you're calm, you're reasonable, you're using reason, but ultimately you're sharing scripture with them in a way that they can hear you and understand because that's what God uses. God doesn't use our argument to change people's minds. He doesn't use our rhetoric, our, our volume, um, our cadence to change people's minds. He uses the scripture Absolutely. to change people's minds. It, the, 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 the scripture is what God uses to convert, to sanctify. The spirit uses the word to cause people to be born again. And so that's what we want to be bringing to this. We want to bring scripture. And 
and not just yelling scripture verses at people, not just mm-hmm. quoting scripture. That's a big part of it. But you got to you have to share the scripture and then explain the scripture. That's why we have preachers and teachers because it's got to be unpacked, explained, and applied to people in a way that they can properly understand. You got to use words and and in uh, language that they can wrap their minds around, so they're not just hearing something. Uh, kind of shared uh, out of context, but something that is then placed into the, like, so you take the, the truth of scripture and then you place that meaning right into the context of their life so that they can see, wow, this God's word says this, but it actually means something for me. It mm. means something, it speaks to this issue. And so when we begin to address the image of God in people, uh, in people in the womb, uh, we are beginning to reframe the conversation. Correct. So, yeah, people can say, like, well, no, it's, 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 it's about a woman's right to choose. And we can say, like, we're all about people having freedom to choose to do what they want to do so long as they're not hurting another person. Correct. And the person that ultimately is being hurt here, uh, much, much more so than a person who has even been raped, uh, is a fetus who is uh, murdered in a salt saline solution or torn limb from limb and then pulled out of the body or vacuumed out or whatever. Um, and that person is made in the image of God. That person deserves to be defended. That person Absolutely. deserves to have a life um, because only you know God, God has given it and only God should be taking it away. So I, I think we need to be able to do that, to speak honestly about these things and clearly about them in ways that people can understand. Now, you know, the, the, the things uh, of the Lord, the, the, the wisdom of God frequently, maybe most of the time, isn't received well no. by, by the people. But I, I am hopeful, I am hopeful that there will come a day when we will look back on this, this abortion holocaust uh, decades down the road, uh, hopefully sooner, but I hope we can look back and go, wow, we were so messed up as a country. We can do that with slavery Right, we can do that yeah. with racism by and large. Look back and go, wow, that was so messed up. And it and it doesn't take everybody being a Christian to see that. So hopefully, this is such a common grace truth that through the efforts of of especially the church speaking mm-hmm. prophetically, we can begin to educate people, help people, move people, influence people to see the evil for what it is. They don't necessarily have to see the solution in Christ to recognize the evil in something. They, they can see the evil in it. And I, so I, I want us to be able to, to speak to those issues um, with, without confusing people because of the way that we do it. That's right. right. So know your position. You know, if you don't know your position and you don't know how to respond, you need to study it. You need to get prepared. You need to pray, have a heart for people that disagree with you. Love them, care for them, uh, but be a, but be real. Be real about who you are and what you stand for. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head on to the website, DoctrineDevotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for our email list. You can head on over to the store and grab yourself some merchandise. Fresh Pod every Monday and Thursday. Blog posts on Wednesdays. Video content on Fridays. Later. Later.